Hello. Welcome aboard the Good Ship Poison. I'm Sherman. I'm Ski. And this is our <laughs> episode number nine. Yeah, which, <laughs> yeah, which I am like <laughs> unnaturally excited to record. Um, to talk about poison. It's one. Talk- I I was thinking it today. Like, if you <laughs> if you just called me up and said like right out of the blue, like we're doing a podcast on poison, I'd be like, I'm in. I'm ready to go. And it was weird because like they were never one of like my favorite bands or my top bands. But as soon as I thought about it, I'm like, I'm ready right now. I'm ready right now. As soon as I we love, agree on Poison, I was like, I could do this right now if we need I to. Love, I love how jacked up you are. And I got to tell you, I'm like, I'm, I'm definitely behind you. But like, I mean, my energy level is really excited. So um, just to recap for people, uh, we decided to, over the last, I don't know, week, I got really serious. I put together a spreadsheet. I was like, okay, let's like, you know, let's. Let's let's game out a little bit, like what we're gonna do, and like you know how we're gonna do the, the rating ones. And so now I've got like I don't know what we've got like thirty or thirty five yeah. different bands where we're trying to figure out whether we both know enough about them, and you know whatever. Um, so I'm excited, and I want ski. I absolutely want you to go uh, to go first and pick your song, your, your first song first. Um, you know before anything else, but I mean it. I feel like this is going to be fun because I feel like they have been derided for like a really, really long time by like a ton of people. You know, uh, there's nothing more fun than talking about. I've never referred to the lead singer of Poison in at least, I don't know, 10 years as anything other than Brett Michaels, lead singer of Poison. Like, I feel like that's his full name at this point that like somehow like like I've added a surname to Brett Michaels when Michaels is his actual surname, but that he's Brett Michaels from Poison. Right. You know, like Michaels from Poison is like his new last name every time I describe him to anybody else. I don't know. Ski, your thoughts. Well, it's funny because like they're, uh, yeah, a band long derided and someone, a band that I certainly, I think at one point or another stuck my nose up at. Um, But, and even like people, they were derided even by their own scene. Like, you know, the Sunset Strip, they were derided by bands on their own scene. And, you know, as as the poppiest of, you know, the bands that came out of uh, the Sunset Strip. Um, but it's the, the songs are still there. They're poppy. They're catchy. Um, I'm looking at the videos now. I mean, the stage video, this Poison stage videos, they didn't go, they, you know, they weren't doing a Duran Duran Rio video. They, they rented out a stage. They brought out the fireworks. They brought out, you know, the lights. Uh, CC had a dozen guitars or so, multiple outfit stages, what, you know, and, they just had a good time, and they, they're like the ultimate party rock one, band. One, would, one could say they needed nothing but that, Steve. <laughs> they needed that. nothing but that. <laughs> Absolutely. <laughs> but it's funny that, like, yeah, how excited I am about it because, you know, they're just like a band that I never thought of, you know, as like one of my top bands. I want to, like, you know, that I dive deep into the catalog. I have the greatest hits. And I can listen to every song, you know, on on their greatest hits album. So it's truly a greatest hits, like, but like it's it's like a greatest hits like cornucopia, like, like in similar in a way. If they're nothing like Duran Duran, but you know, if you got Duran Duran's greatest hits, you're gonna get you're gonna get the sense of what it is that they are. Poison is almost the definition of like a one trick hair metal pony, and I don't mean <laughs> that, like, like I don't mean that as an insult, right? Like it's kind of like. No. Like, like, okay, so like you have some bands, you have bands like Bon Jovi, and and for those of you who can't remember or don't know or have amnesia, 
I'm from New Jersey, okay? One of my longstanding multiple choice questions about people who live in New Jersey is A, you love Bruce Springsteen, B, you love Bon Jovi, C, you love them both, or D, you've already been kicked out of the state. Like, that's one of the things about Bon Jovi that's true about people from New Jersey. Now, I never liked Bon Jovi. I was a Bruce guy, it's very obvious. So that's why I got to stay. Um, but <laughs> but like I like like five Bon Jovi songs and I usually catch a lot of heat. People are like, man, you're from New Jersey and you don't care about Bon Jovi. And I know Poison songs way better than I know Bon Jovi songs. Um, yeah. And Bon Jovi, the thing about it, and you know, all due respect to John Bon Jovi and whatever capacity you want to give it to him, he's really kind of a tiny guy. But anyway, the, the point is, is that they tried to stretch, right? And I'm not even knocking them for doing it. Like they try to stretch beyond what it is that they should really have been doing. You know, like they've like, you know, extended into like a longer period to try to escape the hair metalness, right? Like Def Leppard tried and failed. Bon Jovi tried and succeeded, but Poison didn't try. And I almost feel like I respect them more for like, you know what? We partnered our nuts off and we had a great run. <laughs> the only the only point I would make to that is like I think after CC left and like and that's another thing about this band. It's like they have the typical 80s hair metal band story in the sense that they lose like a big member of the group. So CC Deville, the lead guitarist, leaves. They yes. bring in this other guy, Richie Codson, for an album, and they record um a song stand and they bring in the gospel choir so that was stand the only time ridiculous. where ridiculous think... stand is ridiculous stand, <laughs> stand is a ridiculous song it's ridiculous that's it's, but that's the only time i think they try to like be something that they weren't and it just it doesn't work you know it just doesn't, <laughs> it doesn't work no, so. it doesn't work did you read the liner notes of the greatest hits that's my research by the way it's reading the, the liner notes of like of 86 to 96 poison's greatest hits because I refuse to purchase Swallow This Live. Do you have Swallow This Live, Ski? Be honest. No, I do not have Swallow This Live. And okay. I love the liner notes off their greatest hits package. And anytime, it's unbelievable. Anytime, it's unbelievable. Anytime you have to describe an album, especially if you're the hair metal genre as bluesy, you've missed. You've just missed. <laughs> so, <laughs> if that's how you're describing your album that you made after CeCe left, bluesy, uh, that's a miss. <laughs> Sorry, right, so you're poisoned. You're poisoned. You don't make a blues album. You don't need to do it. Yeah. Stand. Oh, my God. All right. So this is Sherman and Ski, and we're here to talk you into it. It's a podcast that helps you learn about the, the love the bands that you wish you liked. Uh, and our mission is to reintroduce you to bands you've written off, but you've always secretly worried that you missed out on. And today we're talking about poison because freaking poison. So... Full disclosure, my cousin Mike, if he bothers to listen to this thing, and hopefully I'll let, make him listen to at least this one, he despises yeah. Poison. He, because yeah. he's like, he's a, he, he's a few years older than me, not a lot, but a few years older than me. And he came of age in a much more serious metal scene of the early 80s, but pre hair metal. And I, there is a generation gap that, you know, I fall into, which doesn't like regard like what evolved into hair metal as a legit art form. You know, like like he will stand for early Def Leppard. He will stand for like like uh, what on through the night Def Leppard, and he will he will he'll he will stand up for Rat like pre round and round Rat. You know, like he's talked to me at length over many drinks and other things about about like the seriousness of the metal scene, and I would be like, what about Poison? Like we've had this argument, right? Not argument, but like you know disagreement that we'll never agree on. And he's just like Sherman, you're dead wrong. You're crazy. Poison is poison is poison is bubblegum crap. And I'm going to speak in favor of bubblegum crap. Uh, I, I think, I think the world of uh, of the 
pop of honestly the pop brilliance of poison like that i will i will stand for that they wrote great pop songs if you just judge it on like hey do they know how to write like uh you know uh verse verse chorus melody and like you know play it out and then have a guitar solo and have a formula that worked in the mid 80s to make them extremely popular to the point where they had six six top 10 billboard hits poisons your jam yeah no, I, I think you're completely right. I mean, it's, you know, they, and the, like you said, they were derided by, you know, others Everyone. at the time. And it's funny that Mike would like rap because I thought about this today, like the Sunset Strip, the bands that came on early in, in the early 80s, the Rats, the Motley Crue's of the world, the Quiet Riots. Motley Crue's a good one. You know, good, and yeah, Poison <laughs> came later in the decade. And even the fact that it came from the same scene, they, the, the Motley Crue's of the world, the Rats of the world hated Poison because they came late and because... You know, their songs were even poppier, um, than, you know, than what Motley did with like Home Sweet Home. So it's funny that they were derided even by people, even by their brethren, by their peers. Um, but I've always felt that they were the ultimate Sunset Strip band in a lot of ways because they did. Three of them did come from Mechanicsburg, Pennsylvania. They came from small town Pennsylvania, came out west, came to the strip and wanted to make it, wanted to be rock stars. They didn't want to be musicians as bobby doll said on the behind the music special i don't want to be a musician i want to be a rock star exactly and that's what poison did they became <laughs> so i mean it's so and, but it's hysterical that they're they're associated with you know that the metal scene in the sense of like a hair metal band because it's, it's not a metal band it's a pop rock band but they're great pop rock hits top to bottom how much influ I mean, clearly we talked about this in episode two with the Donna's like the bitchin album owes a lot to the poison catalog. Definitely. I mean, the, the, I mean, as a, as a weird, as an homage, I mean, they, you know, they wouldn't be afraid to cover poison, right? They, I don't know if they did, but I mean, the volume of covers that the Donna's have done, I don't like, they could have done a poison cover. They could have done they a poison cover. Yeah. They yeah. could, they could have done one. No yeah. problem. Ski, uh, I, as usual, we're pissing off Micah. We're, we haven't gotten to a song. Give me your first song. I Because mean, we could talk about, uh, well, let's just keep going, but give me your first song. Well, I mean, so the, the first song I'm going to have is, you know, and I was thinking about like other podcasts we've done where we've, um, you know, maybe tried to avoid some of the, the more recognizable songs or even, you know, the more obvious choices. And for this one, I'm just going to go with an obvious choice. It's one of my karaoke staples. It's nothing but a good time. Um, the first song on the Greatest Hits album and the what and the it, first song off of Open Up and Say Open ah. Up and Say Ah, um, you know, the, their second album. Um, but it's it's what Poison is all about. So let's take a listen. I love a song that just, you know, just says what it is up front. <laughs> <It's> you know, right. <laughs> <laughs> like, what's this song about? Uh, I don't know. Look at the title. It's nothing <laughs> it's, but a good time. It's, it's nothing, it's about nothing but, but a good, a good time. time. And how can how can anyone resist? It's big. It's anthemic. That's what Poison made. Big anthemic songs with you know drums that like explode out of your ears. Um, and you talked about this. The song is you know it, it's like every Poison song and every hair metal band song. It's verse, chorus, verse, chorus, bridge, guitar solo, right? And it's just it has it follows 100%. that it follows that pattern. And then what I love about this one in particular is, yeah, you got that C.C. DeVille solo. And I think in the video, he goes through six or seven guitars to film. C.C.'s the guitar. C.C. DeVille's the guitar. Bobby Doll on bass. Ricky Rocket on the drums. Brett Michaels. Ricky Rocket. Brett Michaels from Poison. Brett Michaels from Poison, right? And so, yeah, it's just you have these loud drums. And right before, after the after the solo, you know, C.C. gives like just like a standard hair metal 
So I, like, I mean that in the, in the most positive way. It's like all these guitars <laughs> from that scene, they fell in love. Eddie Van Halen was their god. Van Halen was their god. They were trying to be showmen like Kiss. And, you know, they, they, they try to get the, the, the glam from T-Rex and Bowie. Um, nice. But all of these, like, so they have the big There's solo. so much Kiss. And I don't know. I don't know what the effect is on the drums, but I'm going to try and imitate it. But after, you know, you get to the big so, and then the drums come in, shaboom, shaboom, boom, and he just kills it. I mean, Ricky Rogers just kills it. And, you know, they go back into the chorus. So it, it's, I don't know. I, I can't say nothing bad about it. It's a Sunset Strip party anthem, one of their best. I, yes. <laughs> there's, there's the it's so true like it's it's a it it is uh it's an anthem yeah uh, you know it's uh as as mr uh brett michaels from poison puts in the liner notes the great sense the song is simple and straight to the point it's about energy and attitude this this song hands down my favorite song to play live by the way if you've not seen it on Kroll Show, Nick Kroll's uh, incredible, um, incredible variety uh, sketch show that ran for three seasons on Comedy Central. The entire second season, he has a running gag where basically he impersonates Brett Michaels from Poison on um, what Rock of Love, right? Isn't right, that what it, uh, right. What, like, so basically he does, he does an impression of Brett Michaels um, throughout that entire second season of Kroll Show. And Crawl Show is not like long. It's like a 10 episode thing. But my God, it, like if you've ever seen Brett Michaels from Poison interviewed, like like Nick Crawl does like this dead on impression of him. And the entire premise of like what Crawl does is like, it's like he gets the band back together. He goes to like a gravestone and brings like, <laughs> he brings like a digital gravestone along with him on the bus when he's like reunite the band. Uh, it's really funny. Um, to me, if you think a Cole is funny, you think it's funny, but that's regardless, awesome. like it's like, like it's so dead on. It's hard to look at a photo. Like if you look at a, this classic photo of like Brett Michaels with the guns and like the red bandana to cover up whatever hair he's lost at like, at, like sitting on the side of a motorcycle, like that is everything that Im- their image was everything. Right. Yeah. Like, I mean, and I think that's what bothered to speak for bands that I've never met or or know or, or, or <laughs> that's gotta be what bugged them, right? Like, like I mean, you gotta. There was a definite straight line, and I mean this in all sincerity. There's a there's a straight line between like sincere metalheads and like classical music, right? Like I don't people don't really think about it, but like there's some kind of like mathematical si- situation that goes on with people that like really appreciate like an unbelievable violin solo with a guitar solo. Like with like shredding, like it's hard to do. It's physically hard to do. It's physically hard to watch like a violinist or a cellist, like you know, literally move their fingers on the strings. The 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 the, the physical nature of that same. If you're shredding on a guitar, you know, like same uh, same level of difficulty, um, in in many ways, or at least it's similar enough. Um, and there's a and you know you look at even like bands like Extreme, especially the stuff that was like not more than words. Sure. Like the other stuff from Extreme, like. Nobody talks about how Muse stole some shit from Extreme, and I know that the, that might sound like a crazy stretch talking about Poison, but I'm gonna stand by it because, like, it's elaborate, right? Like, like Extreme was doing elaborate metal, it, like for a, a, a period of time before Extreme turned into a famous band. They actually believed, like, they were like a thinking man's metal band. They were like, oh yeah, you know, uh, 
extreme. They really, they really challenged themselves. And, you know, <laughs> things like that. Like, those were things that happened, you know, and, uh, things that we praise Muse for, um, you know, in, in, in the alt-rock circles. But um, anyway, but Poison I'll get to never, mine. Yeah, Poison was never about that. I mean, they, no, but like you said, no. like they bought into... You know, they had all the leather. They had the spandex. They had the big hair. They had. They had the look costumes. At the, look at the cover of their first album. Look what the cat dragged in. I mean, oh, it's brilliant. And it's funny because for a lot of the bands, and especially for, it at, looks like a Go-Go's cover. Yeah, it does. I mean, that's it's like the androgyny. They embraced it, and I know bands like that. They hate they term hair metal, but it's hard to dispute that. Like that's exactly what it was. Uh, I know they prefer like glam because they want to tie themselves to Bowie and they want to tie themselves to T Rex. Like I said. Um, but they bought into it, and they and, and unabashedly so. Like they didn't care. Yeah, we wanted to be rock stars. We wanted to be straight up rock stars. We're not looking to impress you with our musicianship. We wanted to be rock stars. <laughs> no, they wanted they wanted the P. Yeah. That's what they were after. That's and they, right. You know, and and if you know, it's like the movie. It's actually like that Mark Wahlberg movie, Rockstar, up until he like discovers grunge at the end. Like, <laughs> like, and that's also on VH1. And there's a reason that VH1 ranked Poison as their number one hair metal band of the eighties in their 2012 poll. Amen. Uh, you know, um, I want to get to something that, uh, well, let me get to the song. Cause Michael yeah. kill me. Um, the best poison song. Uh, I'm going to, I'm going to grab it and you could have had it first, but I'm, I, I'm shooting second and I'm going to, I'm going to hit a two run homer. The, the absolute perfect, perfect, a hundred percent top to bottom, start to finish story of the band, story of everything uh phenomenal uh, emblematic track of poison is fallen angel love that song that's that was on my list and i love that song i i'm stealing it let's hear some it actually is the best by every measure because it okay so the video for fallen angel was everything about every like Every uh, every eighties metal band every eighties <laughs> video ever. Uh, I mean, the lyrics are perfect. It's like it's like Brett Michaels watched. He must have like done like cocaine or something, and and like watched all of MTV's videos for like twenty four hours straight, and said, "Okay, this is what I'm gonna write. I'm gonna write what I see. I'm gonna write about stepped off the bus out into the city streets, just a small time girl with a whole life packed in a suitcase by her feet." Boo! I mean, like it's. It, it and then it's about her like complete transformation from small town girl to big city you know, hustler to getting involved with drugs and not knowing what to do and oh my god and it's an allegory for the band but it's about a girl so then you got a hot girl who looks innocent and then she gets dirty like Olivia Newton John at the beginning of Greece only way getting all the way to the end of Greece and she's all over the leather <laughs> and then she's like tell me about it stud I mean it's everything like Fallen Angel is absolutely everything that you want to know about every 80s hair metal band song ridiculous video I mean Guns N' Roses videos stole stole the plot of fallen angel ski your thoughts i don't know i gotta look at the timeline on that one you know when welcome to the jungle came out i think welcome to the jungle predated uh fallen angel no i'm talking about like november rain dude November. Uh, rain. I was thinking, no i was thinking about welcome to the jungle because axel gets off the bus and yeah he's got the yeah but he's not a small right. girl well no i, I it's, <laughs> it's it's like it's, it's it's story i love that kind of storytelling uh song anyway and to put it in like in that scene is just fantastic because like you said yeah it's the girl small town girl and the video is great because you know it starts off with the scene of her family having dinner and then she just announces i'm going to los angeles california tomorrow and the look on the mom's <laughs> face it's like she's just been stabbed <laughs> in the heart right you know but it's, it's it's like 
it's almost like a country music storytelling song. Um, but you know, it actually is. CC has, you know, the great, great rhythm song. guitar riff, and then he play and he plays a little riff on top of that. Um, and then the the boys with the backing vocals in the song too. When Ricky Rocket comes in with that drum fill though, with yeah, and then they come back with the chorus all the way through. I mean, like it's a perfectly crafted pop masterpiece. It, it, I, I couldn't agree more. And it's you know it, it's CC Deville ripping it out again. Um, and you know Brett Michaels isn't you know lead singer from Poison. You know he's not the best singer you're gonna find, but he fits that song and he fits that band perfectly. And you know on stage he does what every great frontman does and just shakes his ass all around the stage. But no, I think that that's a great pick. And I thought about picking that one too. Um, there's so many that were you know close to the top of my list. Um, the Fallen Angel, um, that's a great one. I, I thank you. I, I'm 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 proud of it. Um, I'm proud of the pick. I, I, I did see Poison live in 2002 sunday july 14th in 2002 in uh, homedale new jersey um <laughs> what's weird is the wikipedia page has a photo of them from the pnc bank art nice. in homedale new jersey nice. it's just four years later like, <laughs> like, nice. like they're still on that um i was supposed to i think they were part of that bill that was supposed to come through town before the virus, uh, the, right? yeah. isn't it? Was it a Motley Crue, Def Leppard, Poison, and Joan Jett? That, that it, they were, and I was thinking about that, like how amazing for a band that, I'm sure Motley blasted Poison back in the day. I'm sure Def Leppard stuck their noses up at them, and Joan Jett probably too. Um, but here they are. I mean, they're on the tour with them because they could still, they wouldn't pack stadiums on their own, but they're an essential element to that tour. Like they needed that, Link I promise you, to the, I promise you, I promise you, like they would have stole, uh, like if we, if they, if they rescheduled that show for next season which they have. or for 21, yeah, which I believe they're going yeah, to, they like, the, I think the expectation, like Poison will way out exceed everyone's expectations of what Poison is going to be. It was like, I think when I saw Poison, Cinderella was the second opener and Cinderella was awesome. Like, I know that that sounds crazy, but like they were, they were really, really tight. And I'm talking like, this is 2002. And like, you know, I mean, I, I think I know one song or two by Cinderella and I can't name them. Um, but, but like, but they put on a great, like little half hour set. And, and I believe that with all of my heart, and I think Poison have a longer set than that. They have more hits, but like that, that I think a lot of people walking away from that show, whenever that happens, that they will find, they will find that poison, they will know more poison songs than they think. And, and poison will be like the, like, yeah, we thought Def Leppard was going to be great, but poison killed it. Like, I, I mean, I think Motley Crue would probably still be, I mean, they're the headliner for a reason. They probably would still be what people would talk about first. Um, yeah. And they've been away tell- for a few years. So they're just, you know, it's a reunion tour. So yeah, Motley is just probably so the headliner. But I'm telling you, weirdly, I mean, look, it's been a while, but I would bet that Brett Michaels from Poison still has his voice. I, I And I know that Joe Elliott struggles. I feel like we've talked about this, and, and that conversation hasn't always gone well when I've criticized Mr. Elliott's voice, and I'm not criticizing his catalog. But uh, when I did see him in concert, he had to save it to try to hit the – I mean, and those notes are incredibly high. Like, I don't, I don't know how you do it. The only person I've ever seen do it is like Steven. Dyer. Yeah. And some of those bands are using tapes too. So we have to be mindful of that. So, but I, I, I agree. I think they're going to put on a tight set. Um, I have never seen them live before. So definitely want to 
you know, be a part so of you that. Have not you have not swallowed this lie. Hey, oh, let's, uh, yeah, Micah, can you edit that out, please? <laughs> <laughs> Ski, can you name uh, the six top 10 hits uh, by Poison? Um, Without looking, because I'm staring at it, so I'm cheating, so I can't. Well, I can't, let me get, I, I let's, let's get through the songs, because I don't want to, like, <sighs> you know, yeah, name okay, fair one enough. of my songs. Let's, add, let's put that at the end. Let's, let's put, put that at the end. end. Okay, let's, give me your next song. So give me your next I, song. Give me so your next song. One of the other staples of a band like this and bands from the Sunset Strip uh, in that scene were the ballads. You know, they always they wanted to get the hits through the ballads. And for my money, my next pick, Every Rose Has Its Thorn, is a top 10 power ballad. Let's give it a listen. Oh, for sure. What I yeah, love about it is great. that, it, yeah, I mean, it's, it's, it's a standard. It's a standard hair metal ballad. Um, every cowboy sings a sad, sad song. Instead of making love, we both made our separate ways. And then, of course, the coup de grace at the end. Yes, it does. Right? And it's so. <laughs> it's a top 10 power ballad for me. Um, you know, again, verse, chorus, verse, chorus. And, you know, Cece DeVille's solo in this song is almost like a weeping guitar. I mean, it's, it's perfect for it. Um, and I also love how. After the solo, Brett, you know, he, he hits the acoustic guitar with just his fist, you know. Dum, ba, ba, da, dum, so it was number, their number one hit, um, number one for three weeks, uh, November of 88, I want to say. And mm -hmm. um, mm -hmm. yeah, it, it's, it's, it's a quintessential um, power ballad. And all the bands had that. And this one in particular is just a really good uh, power ballad, a really good pop song. Um, and it's definitely going to be one where, you're going to bring out uh, your phones and light up your phones at, at the show next year. So every rose has its thorn. Uh, definitely top 10 power ballad for me. Uh, you mean when you say top 10 power ballad, you mean top 10 power ballad that you've ever, ever heard? Ever. It's up there. Ever. 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 Get any hints about like what? Give me like one other song that you would consider to be a power ballad that would make your top 10. Beth? Uh, Beth no, I don't consider that a power ballad. I, I mean, for, to what? me. The quintessential power ballad is something like um, "Sister Christian" um, by Night Ranger or "Angel" by Angel Aerosmith. by Aerosmith. Oh, that was the beginning of the next one I was going to say. Um, ah, gotcha. So I put this one up there, and this is definitely probably more ballady than power. Uh, Every rose has its thorn, um, but it's it just with CC solo in it, uh, it fits. Um, so it, it fits in that genre, and every band had that. Like, and a lot of those bands, like Cinderella. I mean, I don't know what was in their set when you saw them, but they got their hit. From don't oh, know what it, you got till it's gone, right? That's a great and then song. You go back That's a power ballad, right? And they have more there. Um, is that a power ballad? That's a different kind of a, power. But ballad. I still put it in the power ballad category, and but that's how they got their hits. Or like um, Kicks is another band that my buddy Tommy has taken me to see, which I've really enjoyed seeing live. You know, they had <laughs> "Don't Close Your Eyes," and that's but you see song. them live, and that's the only song of that type. But they use that to get you know a top ten hit, or it's like top eleven hit. Um, so yeah, uh, th three weeks at number one, not too shabby for uh, the boys from Mechanicsburg. Every Rose Has Its Thorn or Home Sweet Home by Motley Crue? Oh, Home Sweet Home by Motley Crue it tops that. Ooh, yeah, it's, it's, it's tough, you know, and, you know, we'll do a Motley podcast, hopefully. Um, it's just a little bit better. It's just a little bit better. I don't know. I don't know. I don't know. That's tough. Um, oh, uh, Patience by Guns N' Roses or, or Every Rose Has Its Thorn. Uh, every rose has a thorn, but barely. That's tough. It's tough. I don't even. Know. I don't know if I could do that either. It's tough. I don't know. 
That's tough. I love patience, by the way. I'm trying to give you the hard ones. I'm trying to give you the yeah, tough ones. Yeah, I like it. I'm staring at the. I'm staring at like the. Uh, I'm staring at my uh, compact disc collection, and uh, which I constantly reference. Um, what else? Uh, oh, um, from Van Halen. Uh, right now, or every rose has a. Every rose has a thorn. I guess it's Van Hager. Excuse yeah, me. Yeah, that's Van Hager. Um, take it back. And that, that that to me right now, not to like go off in a Van Hager. Uh, tangent here but that strikes me as less of a power ballad and more of um you know just uh yeah a more, more a pop song um you know versus a, a, a ballad it doesn't strike me as ballady it was like van hagar trying gotcha. to be serious and we're going to send a message and no you're yeah, right so, you're right anyway. no that's a good point it's a good point you're right thank you uh, uh disqualify correcting the record on the, on the question for the record it doesn't count um I don't. There's nothing else. There's nothing else I can really add to the "Every Rose Has Its Thorn" thing, other than it's the kind of song that, like, someone that you're friends with who plays the guitar probably knows and could probably bust out around like a campfire when you've had too much to drink, and everyone can sing along half to two thirds of the lyrics for two and a half minutes. And I feel like there should be some kind of litmus test that includes that. <laughs> of like the popularity of a certain kind of song is like, you know what? It's so popular that like, like two thirds of the crowd can sing two thirds of the lyrics for two minutes and 30 seconds. Yeah. It's like the two, it's like the two, three rule or something, right? Like I've got to come up with something catchier that makes sense, but like that should be a thing. So I don't have anything else to say about that other than I have to say, I feel like these are the three songs that I would have picked. I don't know. Like there's, I'm just glad I got to say Fallen Angel because I, I absolutely love it. Some of the other ones are kind of tougher um, to like say, oh, what is the, what is the final definitive song that is, that says this is freaking poison. And, you know, you'd want to say something like um, their cover of your mama don't dance which is very very popular yeah. but but i i have to say i was put off in the greatest hits uh um uh descriptions by mr brett michaels from poison uh, that he chose not to acknowledge when talking about what the hit kind of song any of the inspiration from covering Loggins and messina like how do you not yeah like that is a definitive early 70s track by future 80s legend Kenny Loggins in his previous singer-songwriter collaboration with famous singer-songwriter in his own right, Jim Messina. Like, I don't know how in your liner notes you can at least give a nod for Your Mama Don't Dance. Again, a huge hit for them uh, in 1989. How do you not acknowledge Loggins and Messina like in the liner notes themselves? Yes, it is credited. It's not like they're it's you know the the song crediting is correct i just feel like acknowledgement is an oversight and uh bad form bad form uh, yeah so and for and for that i have to disqualify there you go uh your mama don't dance and i unfortunately really enjoy uh the terrible terrible soulful sounds of something to believe in uh, <laughs> it's really not a great song it's from flesh and blood um, it is, 
it is not it, it is a gospely kind of song again and i can't choose it even though i actually secretly love it although secret is relevant uh, well is relative now that i'm saying it out loud on i podcast. give him a pass for something to believe in because i actually kind of like it um but it, it no i it, love it, it i love it something led... to believe you know what screw it love it i'm okay. gonna say it something to there believe in. i'm gonna put it on there i'm gonna take it i'm gonna i'm gonna own this i'm gonna wear this <laughs> i'm gonna wear something to believe in yes the for the next song is something to believe in by poison i'm really sorry to everyone that could pick a better song <laughs> It's over the top. It's like it's like it it is like the epitome of like um songs that shouldn't be any good. And like yet I I think I think that I want action is a better song and the Donna should cover that. Um and I think Unskinny Bop was what I was gonna go with, which is super fun, even though it's got really politically incorrect lyrics. Um Talk Dirty to Me is phenomenal those are those are better songs but i'm going to say something to believe in it's it's, it's like it to me it and you know um, people are going to maybe call me out on this but unlike every rose has a thorn i mean i think something to the believe in which again i i do like it is sort of like you know just every ballad power ballad cliche is in something to believe in um and it added it to the, yes. to the video you know the, the friend that's lost you know the the lover that left him um and you know he's so earnest and you know in, in the video so but you know yeah it's it's just it's just your garden variety ballad from that from that time and um and the over overdone, and the, yeah, and the production yeah. it's overdone it's over the top it actually does kind of exemplify the band it's, if the band was doing grand aspirations this would be in the category of them stretching yeah. well then they probably you know took that as i said and thought well now what we'll do is we'll really bring in a gospel choir for our next album and for stan you know and it <laughs> no it, it's it, they, they probably got too much comfort from the fact that, that you know that was a that was a hit and uh i, I and they were yeah. like and it was, it a, big was a big hit. hit and they're like a massive mtv band too which you know i think you know we have to touch on i mean they were all over mtv well then when like the when hair metal ruled mtv poison the late 80s were all over to the point where the, you know they even had bands trying to rip off poison so i'm thinking like enough's enough is a band that comes to mind Nelson. yeah Nelson. you know so like it was like just trying to copy the formula that poison uh created which poison then you know took from every other sunset trip band and you know the the t-rex and um, bowies of the 70s so um yeah i, I i'm glad you poison went with that one because look it, it's 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 a ballad and it's a cliched ballad but Shoot, I'm gonna throw my fist in the air when they play it next year, so I'm good. <laughs> it, it's so ridiculous. It's a ridiculous song, um, you know, in, in like a series of ridiculous songs. So I get it totally tracks, right? Like it totally tracks. It's it's not. It is actually not one of their best songs. It doesn't mean that it isn't oddly satisfying. Yeah. Um, and you know, look, let's be honest. Poison fell victim to the great. Uh, twin destructive terrors known as uh, the Nirvana grunge situation and Beavis and Butthead, who absolutely as two sides of the, of a, of a, a, like they were, they were surrounded by two pincers of attack, you know, where Nirvana and grunge blew them, blew up all hair metal on one hand. And then anybody that might've liked anything like that was whipped by Beavis and Butthead making fun of any videos, you know? So like even their greatest strength which was making over the top videos that people would watch 
you know, like Mark Wahlberg in Rockstar, right? Like, right. Were, you know, like if you, if you were in, if you were in your house in Pittsburgh trying to like figure out like, how can I make it? I'm going to be in this cover band, you know, like, and you were modeling yourself after another Pennsylvania band that went out and made it big. I mean, they made it huge. I am not in any way disrespecting Mechanicsburg's own poison. And to be clear, listeners, if you don't know us, we went to college in Carlisle, Pennsylvania, which is essentially next door to Mechanicsburg. I am prouder to know that I'm a fan of Poison than I am to know that another South Central Pennsylvania band that played Carlisle all the time when we went there, Rusted Root, is somehow more critically adored than Poison. I'm calling that out. I'm officially calling that out. That is Well, it's funny because like you mentioned Nirvana and then the Beavis and Butthead angle. The other band I think that comes to mind, and it's funny because their video just popped up on uh, my TV, but I thought about this before that before Nirvana, you know, Guns N' Roses put the first nail in the coffin of that scene. And it's funny because they still, they also came from um, the Sunset Strip. They played the whiskey, played Rainbow and Slash even auditioned for Poison uh, at a time. What? True story. But no I, way it, it happened, you know, and obviously he didn't How fit. Did? <laughs> he didn't fit the, he didn't fit the suit. Um, <laughs> But it's like, but, you know, with guns, no band could match that. If you come from the Sunset Strip, you couldn't match guns and Poison couldn't match guns. And then Nirvana comes around and MTV goes in that direction. And so they were left stranded. But eventually they finally came back together and fans that fell in love with them at that time, they know they can pay money for a ticket, even though I haven't seen them yet, but I'm confident. I pay money for a ticket. I'm going to get a solid show. And that's why they can still tour now. Because people know that, like, I'm going to know every song that they play. It's going to be a fun party anthem time. And I'm going to leave happy. And I'm going to leave satisfied. So they can still tour now, even though they took those two blows. Uh, or three, if you include Beavis and Butthead. And, uh, yeah, they survived. Well, they got knocked out they for did. a bit. But then, you know, let's be honest. Like, you know, VH1 helped them a lot because they they kept some flames alive uh, in, in that regard. And then when, you know, Brett Michaels from Poison was doing Rock of Love, he was on TV all the time. Um, so, like, even if they, they always felt a little in on the joke. Like, it, and I think, uh, uh, to their credit, like, they didn't, they didn't, like, they weren't driven mad by criticism. Right. Right? Like, they weren't, like, they never did as many drugs as Motley Crue in terms of, like, you know, literally going over to the other side and coming back. You know, um, you know, you don't they didn't wake up with a needle in their arm that we know about. Like, like they 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 just they had a little bit of a sense of humor about it enough that either the, if they were offended, they didn't talk about it. You didn't know like and 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 you wouldn't know it from the show that I saw now a long time ago. But you, they were they looked like they wanted nothing but a good time they looked like they were having fun and i think that that comes across yeah, to the audience to their credit I, yeah they I, stuck it out they yeah. stuck it out because they knew that i think they had confidence that there was going to be a time when people would come around to them so they're not you know they're not putting out new music and you know they're not exactly you know have songs on the charts anymore um but they had enough in their prime that people still want to hear those songs and uh so yeah they're they're, they're natural songs. fit they're great pop so that, songs. That tour and they're great. Yeah, great pop songs. Mm -hmm. Then they're great pop songs. And you know what? I mean, that's that's a thing that, you know, you write a great pop song, it yep. can last. Um, any final thoughts? Uh, oh, wait, we should do yeah. the thing. So can you guess the without or maybe you've nope. now, but can you um, guess 
Can six. you guess six the top, top ten? There's six top ten songs by Poison, and we have named a couple. Every of them rose for sure. has its so, thorn. Yes. Um, Number one, December twenty fourth, nineteen eighty. Uh, look what the cat dragged in. No. no. Nothing but a good time. No, no sir. Nothing yes, but a good sir. time. Yes, uh, unskinny pop. Peaked at number six, July 9th. Peaked at, uh, nothing but a good time peaked at number six on July 9th, 1988. Unskinny Bop is yes, that peaked at number three on uh, in September 1st. Fallen Angel. Just shy. Wow, no peaked kidding. At number 12. I know, right? I did. I would have lost that bet. Then something to like, believe in. In a snap. Yeah. Okay. Number four, December 8th, 1990. So it makes me feel even better about the pick. So you've got four. So Ride the wind. The other two. God freaking bless you for guessing that. That's amazing. But I was no. actually like when I first started thinking about the songs I was going to pick, I was I almost had Ride the Wind for I had Ride the Wind as one of my picks for most of the day, and I switched at the last minute. So that's just one of my favorites. Wow. Yeah. Ride the wind. Oh, Holy oh, crap. oh um, uh, your mom don't. No, no, sorry. Yeah, your mom don't dance. Yes. Go ahead. Yep. Number 10 on April 15th, 1989. Correct. Uh, so talk to another one. Okay. That's it. You nailed it. All six. Dang, yo. Way to go, buddy. Nice work. That talk dirty to me peaked at number nine at 87. Honestly, like if, if, if there was a replacement, um, if there was a replacement for something to believe in to pick, uh, talk dirty to me as an emblematic song of poison. Like, and, and it's, it's a, it, it's a kind of it's the, yeah that's a, it's a great song yeah that, i had great that song. one of my backups just in case ride the wind was the other one uh, that i had that was ready to go um so <laughs> yeah that this was this is a great one like i said like i felt like if you had called me you know two days ago without us ever talking about it, said let's do poison right now i could have done this like you know i'm glad i you know took the time to listen to greatest hits again you know read up on them a little bit more but i, I don't know not much would have changed <laughs> i think i would <laughs> <laughs> And in a way, that's the beauty of poison. You know, you can yeah. talk back to them. They're not going to be any different. They're going to have this. It's the same. It's it's again. They're not stretching. Like the most they're going to stretch is to pretend to kind of do some kind of gospel thing. Make a bluesy uh, album. To, <laughs> to, to, to middling results. Um, also, one final note: if you do happen to buy uh, the uh, the compact uh, disc copy of uh poison's greatest hits there is a photo of cc that looks remarkably like phyllis diller and i wanted to bring that up because it's really jarring um well he, cc See, had one of the else? greatest lines ever from the behind the music series when he was talking about what, this home that he owned and i think it was after he was kicked out of poison or he left poison whatever whoever you want to talk to but he said it was the house of hawes and then it was the house of hawes so it's god bless that man and i'm glad he's still with us so <laughs> Note. I'm Ski. I'm Sherman. And uh, thanks for listening. Uh, tune in next time when we talk about something else. <laughs> Take care, everyone. <laughs> <laughs>